0: How can working with a fractional Power BI professional benefit your organization? Kimberly Nako has been helping emerging food brands using her business and Power BI skills. And in this episode, part three of her series, Chasing Freedom, Kimberly talks about why the fractional Power BI professional model is a win-win how it lets organizations reap the benefits of modern technology, like Power BI, to help them run and grow their business at a fraction of the cost of traditional BI. And how it's also a win for the professional, like Kimberly, who gets to grow their consulting business on their own terms and create that life of freedom. You will also hear how Kimberly has overcome both professional and personal challenges driven by the desire to help others and be an inspiration to her kids and in doing so she has turned out to be an inspiration for all of us enjoy this episode and to learn more about creating your own path to freedom please visit learnpowerbi.com pro link is also in the show notes and you will also find the link to connect with Kimberly Nocko enjoy and power on welcome to the power on show where we talk power bi and beyond sometimes way beyond but our goal is always to help you create a successful power bi career and a life of freedom i'm your host avi singh all right well hello everyone today we are live with the incredible Kimberly Nako. Now I'll say she's a fellow Seattleite and I'm a huge fan. Kimberly just spoke recently at our conference, but of course I've been privileged to be a part of her recent journey and I have been truly inspired and I just wanted to share some of that magic with everybody else. So Kimberly, let's start with where you are right now. I know you're helping emerging food brands. I know you have deep business experience in that industry. And of course, now you're combining your power BI skills to make an impact for these brands really help them where they need. Tell us a bit more about that, who you help and how you help them.
1: Sure. Right now I am spending time with Tutabella in the Seattle area, and it was a restaurant chain, a small restaurant chain that had five locations and during the pandemic had the opportunity to start growing their business into the grocery channel. So taking products, packaged salads, packaged pizzas, tiramisu, and got an invitation honestly to go into um, some of the largest grocery store chains in, uh, in the nation. And going from a restaurant to a grocery setting meant a lot of change, a lot of change the way that we operated a lot of change in the way that you're selling who you're connecting with and the types of data that came through and so i had the opportunity to take all of that information and turn it into visualizations that allow the company to really focus on what is important to see Mm. opportunities that might be hidden when you're just getting spreadsheets full of data Uh, so it's been fantastic Um, there's a a donut organization also a, a company in the Seattle area, same thing. You know, looking at how their cafes are performing against each other, against the the market, um, and you know which areas where you can target and really focus on, on um, spending some energy. You know that that yeah. bit of that bit of energy that can lead to the largest return.
0: Oh, that's incredible. So I was thinking about this, and of course, <laughs> and a little bit. Uh, so of course, I I know some of these food brands, and of course we're all exposed to them as consumers. Mm-hmm. But with you, I've gotten a glimpse of the other side. And this is unique, right? So help me understand a bit more about the industry. So this is a food brand, which is kind of um, has a name for itself, right? They're right. known for something unique that they offer, the exactly. taste or the way they prepare or something that they stand for. But now they're trying to go big. And of course, for one, that can be scary. And and I write so that can be scary and and challenging, right? So, um, tell me a bit more about what's going on with these industries. What's happening at the moment? Where there are these kind of niche kind of food brand doing really well in that space, but then you're trying to go right. big. W- w- tell me more about that transition.
1: Well, when you have that artisan product, so the product that is craft, that is handmade, that is made with the finest ingredients those and in a restaurant setting, you're able to offer those, you know, because you are preparing those things on a daily basis and you're, you know, you're sourcing from suppliers that you have relationships with. As you start to grow, you have to really understand and do a lot of R and D about Mm -hmm. how do you make that change? How do you start to grow? How do you start to expand? How do you build to scale and still keep that craft? Um, and that's, that's, what's really, wow. really important to those types of organizations. Um, so, uh, you know, the ability to, you know, to understand things like shelf lives and, and shrinkage in the retail market being the, being, you know, what product is spoiling before it gets sold and how yeah. do you minimize that? Because that goes straight down to your bottom line. Those products that you are, you know, that pull from the shelves, they go straight to the trash. So you've already expended the, the cost and the labor to prepare those products. Um, So really being able to focus and target those very specific stores, Mm -hmm. products, and to be able to see it very clearly what's happening. Yeah,
0: man, that's that's brilliant. So uh, I'll I'll share a quick story. So I was in Microsoft, (laughs) I guess I can say that now. (laughs) And um, in one group that I wouldn't name, we would actually see our data a month and a half later. No joke, right? So, oh, actually, you know what? no, sorry, make that two and a half months. Yeah. (laughs) And it was weird, because we were working with third party vendors. So January, they would close and and they would take like, middle of February, they would send the vendor would send us data, which we would then kind of work on. And you know how it works, right? I mean, Excel and this and that and so forth. Uh, Yeah, BI, the IT team does something, but they needed something on it. So January data, they would close the vendor would send the data in February, we would be reviewing it in March. Right. And of course, we were able to change that to a daily refresh with Power BI. But of course, in your industry, and especially in that growth rate, you don't have that luxury, right? right. The, the food is gonna spoil. So uh, I was imagining this, this as the leader of this organization is kind of trying to navigate this this, this transition, this growth. They're the captain of the ship. But man, you need the instruments. You right. need that telling you, hey, what's the temperature in the boiler room, data what's going on. So tell me, what are the data challenges? So uh, are they, uh, you know, so a lot of organizations that's a pretty universal challenge, which is there, there are multiple data sources, there's this one system for this, another system for that. Uh, Maybe these, these companies are kind of feeling the strain as they grow, trying to combine and do it with a little more urgency. Now, Uh, tell me a bit about the data challenges that they face to make sure that the captain of the ship the leadership has that guidance to navigate this transformation.
1: Right? Absolutely. When you work with organizations, large organizations and multiple organizations, you get those sales reports in in various formats, you know. One of the organizations sends us a daily CSV file that tells mm-hmm. us what we sold two days prior.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and those are via email. <laughs> so you're receiving yeah. a huge stream of email, you know, for 60 plus stores, it's got all the data, line by line, by product, and yeah. when you open up those CSV files, what do you see? It's just a swimming sea of numbers. And you can't really make sense of it, you can't, the, the, it. The, the, the store names are co- encoded, right? And, and <laughs> So you, you can't even, it's, it's very hard to, to look at that and to make any kind of business decision based on what's coming through. And then different organizations have, well, you've got to go to their portal or you've got to use an API to gather all the yeah. data. How do you bring all that together from all the different sources and then show it on one single chart or one screen in, or one dashboard. In,
0: in a timely manner, a right? Exactly. It can't be the two and a half month lag that Microsoft report exactly. now.
1: Exactly. And yeah. so by co- being able to combine Power BI with Power Automate, um, yeah. the ability to, to kind of automate some of those repetitive processes where you would have to have somebody, you know, Take those emails, put them into a spot, you know, format them the right way, name them properly, and then have Power BI refresh yeah. them. You can you can turn those around so that it is a daily process that just kind of happens behind the scenes, and then you yeah. can focus your energy on much more important things. Um, you know, as wow. as the Power BI developer, and then as the management team. You know, we had we had somebody who was doing the spreadsheet drag and drop, you know, copy paste. Every number every day into those different yeah. um, to try to get the information put together. So,
0: love it. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so much there. I do want to come back to that. But um, one thing that I wanted to state for the record, guys, that don't feel guilty about the messiness in your business or your data. Mm-hmm. That is real life, right? So sometimes you're like, oh my God, you know, we're not supposed to be doing this. And 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 yeah, there would be people who judge like, oh gosh, you're still sending data by email. But man, I've been in some of the biggest organizations and funnily enough, every time I've stepped in, you know, the first feeling that I get once I like can in is like, wow, how's this even running? But that's the way it is. Business is messy. Mm -hmm. And I think instead of trying to, Uh, You know, the IT approach that I've seen is, oh, we're just going to just, you know, you know, button it all down and dot the I's and cross the T's and build that magical Taj Mahal of data warehouse. I've never seen it work, right? What does work, this agile approach, quick iterate, focus on the business, the business intelligence is for the business. Tell me about that. How have you enjoyed that part? You know? Being able to be agile with Power BI, being able to be quick, just listen to the business, they ask for that, you deliver. How's that been for you?
1: Yeah, that is that's one of the beauties of Power BI is that you're not waiting for everything to be in place, you know, before you start, before you get going. You, you start with the, we started with the sales data. That was the was was readily accessible, that was what was most important right in the beginning. Um, and you really start to focus and you dig into that. But as soon as you have that, you can look for other sources. And you know, we always joke that you know our systems were held together. And again, in the beginning, it was you know bubble gum mm-hmm. and you know shoestrings and just you know those spreadsheets holding everything together, pointing yep. different yeah. directions. Um, but being able to take that data and then say, okay, well, we know how much we're selling. How much are we delivering? You know, or, or you, and it, it, it's different. So at, at the retail level, you know, you've got the, the level of the customer, the retail customer side. You've got the level of your distributors or the in the whole in the retailers, you know, yeah. and then you're selling through. So sometimes that data gets lost several channels through the different channels. Mm-hmm. Um, but be able to take those and then say, okay, well now we're ready to take a look at our delivery information, which then leads to that shrink information. How much are you dropping off? How much is going yeah. through the registers? What's that gap there? What's happening to that gap there? You know, is it spoiling? Yeah. Is it being stolen? I mean, so, you know, theft is a huge thing in the grocery stores that I, I never really realized, but mm-hmm. um, especially during the tough times of COVID and you know, the, it, there was a spike in theft, food theft um, as people were out of work, the, the hmm. hourly work. So uh, being being able to identify those things and then you start saying, well, you know, I've got, to, got a handle on that. How do I dial back production to make sure that we are better focused on you know keeping the shelves to that perfect stock level.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and you just slowly take one piece at a time and you can integrate it by because Power BI has that ability to build that data model already, mm-hmm. you know, within its it's almost it's self-contained. And you can really pour, pull in any sources and, and hook them together in, in ways that you just really can't imagine. Um it would be it, virtually, it, you know, I, I wasn't a huge Excel user, but you know, trying to do lookup tables oh, and you know yeah. together, you drag and drop, and you've got a relationship, and then it follows all the way through the entire the entire data set and the data model. You know, it, it, it's incredible to be able to slice and dice. Also, is very challenging from a date perspective, the time intelligence hmm. in Excel. Whereas you can set up your calendar so that you know we we run on the retail cycle, so it's that you know the four, four five, week five. yeah right, four week, right? five
0: week four week yeah. it's very
1: different from a lot of other types of reporting um I think mm-hmm. uh, and so it, it just it, it's really that small steps at a time and just really dive in and focus and go back and fix so that's that iterative process you know you you're agile, like you're moving it. around to the spots but then you can go back and correct, yeah, of course correct and change that's-
0: that's great. That's terrific. So, hey, I'm going to call out two two key things that Kimberly talked about. One is not waiting for everything to be ready. Uh, I always talk about that, that that's like like you want to go on a road trip, but you're waiting for all the traffic lights to turn green, right? And I've seen organizations do that. Like, yeah, we're going to take this year to build our data lake and all this stuff. No, just get going. And another thing that Kimberly called out is, that, is the best part of that is it frees people up to do what they need to do, what they need to focus on and to focus on their zone of genius and none more so than the leadership team, right? I mean, if they don't have like the proper instrumentation, I don't, I sometimes I've seen like really senior guys kind of rolling up the sleeves and trying to do some of this stuff and you don't need to, which takes me to this idea that I first heard from you, which is of a, a fractional business intelligence professional. Now, Of course, we've all heard of fractional CFOs, even fractional CEOs, but uh, tell me a bit more about this idea. How can this be really valuable for the clients you are serving and maybe beyond that, but emerging food brands who are going through this growth, who are dealing with a lot of data challenges, how can this uh, fractional person be the right thing for them?
1: Well, when you're in a company that is in growth mode, that probably means you're at that stage just prior to receiving that, the funding that you really need to take off. So you're working in a very resource constrained environment, both from staffing perspective you know, and your finances. And so being able to have somebody just come and spend a little slice of time without making that huge investment and having mm. a full-time yeah. team on board to do this, allows them to just, again, take it slow as a start and expand as much as possible. The fractional idea came from um, working with a fractional CFO that I know, Mm. and to be able to see that you can provide those services and still give the full breadth, you you, you can dive deep into the business to fully understand the business. And the more of those businesses that you're able to really dive into, you can better understand what the needs are Uh, for the for the organizations. And you can quickly then say, well, you know, here's kind of a a standard template to take a look at the different key metrics that you need to. Again, when you're starting, especially with the food, I've always found that in the food industry, you have the passion for the food, you have the knowledge and the experience about the culinary side of it. But sometimes the business side, you know, that is kind of the second that's that comes after because you followed your passion, you've developed the product that you know everybody's going to love and to enjoy, but the steps to get to market, to take it there. um, That is, you know, where sometimes those, a lot of businesses fail based on that part. A lot of restaurants have failed, you know, you have a brilliant chef, but they don't know the books. They don't know how to, you know, keep track of the back of the the house type of stuff. Um, So being able to take that and have somebody help guide you through that. And, you know, I'm not necessarily expert in every single one of the industries that I work in, but I have Mm. the ability to find those insights that yeah. that the team, you know, the executive team does understand and can, you know, formulate a plan and action.
0: Love that. Oh, love that because it's odd, right? I mean, I feel like, uh, 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 you know, a lot of data challenges that I see, they're pretty universal, like small business, large, everybody's trying to connect to multiple data sources. But having said that, every business is also unique in some ways. Mm-hmm. And 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 I can see how having somebody uh, who can guide them through that, right? I mean, do not just take a copy paste report or something, but really build it for you to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking about the fractional, I love that idea. And I think the, the biggest takeaway for me is that fractional means you you you're paying me less right so you're maybe only paying me for 25% of my time or 50% of my time but i think the key message is that doesn't mean you're getting 25% of the results and i think that's the beauty of this arrangement that yep you can pay a fraction but you will get the 100% of the results and i really think a big part of that has to do with this incredible tool right power bi which just makes it so easy. You don't have to I mean earlier it was like yeah I mean you could spend uh, millions of dollars on this BI system of yeah a team of people working on it and stuff or you were hacking things together in Excel and now it almost feels too too good to be true. Um love that. Uh anything else you would like to add on on this part?
1: Well, I just think again to emphasize that part about the fractional, you know, a part a part of of having that is that it becomes accessible for that middle player, mm-hmm. just like you said. You don't, you don't have to go, you know, from zero, you know, to that huge team. But there is that that kind of iterative that the the steps yeah. that you can yeah. just slowly take to make yeah. small changes in the organizations. I mean, really, there there are a few insights that could probably the amount of money that you would save or be able to redirect and earn when you're investing in that little bit of insight. It, it, it's
0: huge. It's huge. So. I, I can imagine yeah, the impact would be, you know, like, yeah, it could be manifold for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, I like to operate it this way. I'm just really curious if that's the way, how you see it. So traditionally, sometimes consulting was kind of this throw it over the wall kind of consulting, right? You throw the requirements to them, right? I mean, they, they spend like two months writing down requirements and then they go run with that and they show up like two months, six months later and they have built something. And then of course there's a shouting match usually like, oh, that's not what I said. Oh, but this is what the document says and da da da. Okay, fine. You know, give us a million dollar more. And then fix all of that stuff. I was never a big fan of that. But um, so I like the agile approach. I like working closely with the customer. But a part of that for me is is um, is training them, is teaching mm-hmm. them, is doing the knowledge transfer. So I always say when we're consulting, we're also training. Right. So and and usually they are. There's I'm always able to find somebody. And sometimes they come from like the strangest of places. I know I was working with one organization, and there was actually somebody in the warehouse they were doing a lot of Excel work and they were the ones who really stepped up and got involved in power BI and, and took a lot of it over. So when you're stepping in as a fractional role, have you found yourself working with somebody there whom you're trying to coach or train and as you're building stuff.
1: That is funny that you asked because just my most recent client, they had a very, very tight deadline. Mm -hmm. They had a person who was working on the project, who was an Excel expert. Um, mm-hmm. but had been exposed to Power BI, but just didn't feel she had enough skills to pull it together, especially given um, the, the deadline that was looming. And her her request was, okay, I would really love to have you help me put this together so that we can present it to the state you know, board that was going to be reviewing it. But I really want to understand how you did it and yeah. take that time. So then you know, along with every requirements meeting, know Mm -hmm. they would talk to me we met on a very regular basis because of the short time frame but again that iterative process okay here's my first draft what do you think about this what would you like changed? you know and and it helped them first to take a a really good look at saying oh wait a minute we had it wrong the first time when we wrote our requirements Mm -hmm. we actually missed a bunch of categories that are really important for us to understand can you go back and make that switch so then Mm -hmm. after that process and after getting it done I would spend the time to walk her through the data model and a little bit of the back end, and she's very interested in you know not only doing this for her future job, so learning how to to go to to you know develop in Power BI, but also in her you know I heard her say. Wow, there are so many other universities that would love this kind of information. And Mm -hmm. I would love, you know, she said, I would love to provide that to them. So I saw the light bulb go off and they definitely are interested in learning as they as they go. So especially if you have somebody at the company who is um, a tech enthusiast and really wants to to take that learning and just again step by step as they watch you go through the process. Um yeah. and realize that wow, this is you know, they can yeah. do this in other areas of their business as well.
0: That that's incredible. And 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 for the record, I will state that, and I'm sure Kimberly would agree that guys, I mean, throw the, all the conceptions away. I mean, I know I I still carry that around my neck a little bit, which is like, oh, but well, I'm not a techie and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is a brave new world. And it's amazing what's happening. And of course, Kimberly mentioned Power Automate, but a lot of things are going that way. It's like low code or no code. You don't have to be a developer or mastermind or IT geek or anything. And uh, uh, and, and and yeah, and you don't have to have like a, you know, you know, they talk about like the 10 years to become an expert, but you don't need that. Very quickly, you can start getting results for yourself and for others. So the fractional idea, of course, that's really powerful. We talked about how you you can spend, you know, you can limit kind of your spending, but still get uh, the 100% of the results. And of course, it sets you up for success, But now, because now your your team members are also getting trained, and as they're ramping up, then they can scale up as organi- organization is scaling. Uh, well, that's terrific. So Kimberly, thanks for sharing all of that. I would like to switch gears a bit and go to the start of your journey. First of all, when would you say was the start of the journey? And tell us a bit about where you were at that point.
1: Well, the journey for Power BI started only right after the pandemic started. So that mm. was probably almost, almost four years ago now, but really right my tech and culinary journey started quite a bit long before that. (laughs) So, uh, you know, long time ago, I was in the high tech, you know, I started out my career in, in tech, I worked for Microsoft, and I was with NASA for a bit. But then I took a break and I went to culinary school, French culinary school, which was completely the opposite of Wait, technology. did you just
0: say NASA to culinary school? Did, did I hear that right? It's a little
1: bit of a leap. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean, that's that's a typical career path. Yeah, I hear that all the time. It
1: was, yeah, I was um, honestly, what and funny, you know, Avi, that you talk about leaving Microsoft. When I left Microsoft, I got so many people saying, what are you thinking? Why? Why would you just leave it all? You know, this was was back in the nineties and or, or in two thousand, and you know, it was. But it was like it was time to take that break to take, to refresh and to just try out a different um, industry. And yeah. then I found out that I loved the food industry. I loved the culinary world. I loved working with chefs. I'm married to a chef. You know, so it just you know that the that brought out a different part of my, you know, the, I was on a completely different career path, but I found that every single restaurant that I went to go work with, mm. I was always trying to think, how could something be done differently with technology? You know, so wow. it's always pulling in technology to those different settings where it doesn't seem like you would have that much tech. Most restaurants didn't have a lot of tech other than their point of sale or even an old fashioned cash register by then, you know? Yeah. Um, and so having that, the, that combination led me to working with the food Companies in the Seattle area, but really having the the pa- the pandemic really changed things um and it just everybody went remote and so the for the ability to work remotely and have such an impact on an organization so you know again, I told you we were receiving those those spreadsheets and it was just piling yeah. up and piling up not being able to to see it. I just had to find a way you know and I, and it typed in and you know a search the search bar said how do i take a whole bunch of csv files and merge them one merge them into one Hmm. and then two make sense of them and that's where i stumbled across power query and that Mm -hmm. was you know i knew nothing about it at the time i really i was a very minimal um even excel user at the time so this
0: was somewhere uh, after covid yeah right around right
1: around COVID just started so you know 2020 and so i'm a business i'm a business person by heart you know by nature (laughs) so and I'm, I'm a tech enthusiast, but I am I'm definitely not a coder or a developer. You know, I was always that right. person who bridged the gap between what the customer requirements were and what the development team needed to produce. Um, so I could understand that part, but I, and I'd always kind of miss the fact that I wasn't that coder because I was, I always, since I had a picture of what people needed.
0: I well, I'll say up. thank thank God you didn't go that way. I, I think that you're kind of at that cross section. And I, I don't remember, it's it's one of the big influencers who talked about that how, you know, with this uh, artificial intelligence and all this stuff happening, the value is, is kind of at the crossroads, mm-hmm. right? So yes, AI is going to be there, Power BI is there, a lot of that stuff, but it's that intersection where it meets human, it meets business, and right. I see squarely there. And of course I can see that in tremendous impact, uh, you're creating, creating there. Yeah, uh, that's great. So, yeah. So, uh, keep going. So, so, uh, so now you're ramping up on, on, on power BI and right. as you started creating more impact in your organization. Yeah. Uh, a, lot, a lot
1: of it honestly yeah. was, was the YouTube searches, you know, I found yeah. you, I found, you know, the just some basic courses and videos, but then understanding that it's a little bit more, I needed to be a little bit more organized, my learning s- style, Was not just individual YouTube um, because I I knew I had a problem and I wanted to solve and I would go try to find it, but I also wanted to get that foundation of knowledge. So having a few structured classes, being able to really start to learn.
0: And again, I don't
1: think in a a traditional coding sense, my brain doesn't quite work like that, but Mm. being able to learn the basics of DAX, you know, the, uh, the, the 20%, that 20% that's going to just get you going and, and um, do hey, the basics. If I mean, you've so-
0: handled the retail calendar, the four week, five week, <laughs> four week, I would say you've done well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and again, right, I mean, I so somebody was uh, talking to me about the, the conference and we really emphasize this for the business user and it's like, Avi, but but I'm a techie, I love tech. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I love tech, too. Every Everyone here does, but there's one thing we love a bit more. Right. Which is the people, right? The Mm -hmm. people we help the businesses we help. So tech is, I I think the tech and IT sometimes they get lost because they, they put, they put the cart before the horse, right? Mm -hmm. They, they do tech for tech's sake. It's like, oh, data lake, because it sounds so cool. Everybody else has a data lake. And yeah, I would rather just focus on the business and what the business needs. So tell me about the bit of the transition where I know you joined the Power BI Consulting Program as well. Mm What was this, where was the start of that? Where was the seed planted? You know, so I I think you were mentioning about one of the clients where she said, oh, you know, I'm helping my organization here, but I can help others. Right. What was, yeah, where was that seed planted for you, would you say?
1: So I attended your Power BI conference last year and watched through all the presentations. And I kept, because again, I was thinking, okay, well, I've got my, I've got my current one company that I'm working with. You know, and yeah. I've gotten them to a certain point. And watching some of the consultants that you had on that that BI conference inspired me to think, "Gosh, you know, I'm using this at one organization, and it is." You know, and the way that I always tell the, about the food, you know, this is too good to keep a secret. This this product yeah. needs to be out there. Well, I kept thinking, how many other artisan food organizations? are starting to grow are starting and struggling
0: to right? yeah and and struggling. facing the same challenges that you it, helped your organization yeah.
1: exactly and how can i can I, how can i help them again in mm-hmm. that minimal the the fractional way just a part of you know because i i am still you know working with all the other organizations but you can squeeze that in and spend you know a couple hours a week just slowly building up that beautiful dashboard yeah. Um yeah. and so that's when I realized, you know, this this could really be something that should should be shared with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um and
0: so when was that timeline wise? Like how uh, that was ago? this
1: past February, I think, right? So it's only been wow. less than a year. It feels <laughs> <Yeah>. like...
0: <laughs> that's eight eight less, yeah, about yeah. seven, eight months. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. So if um if uh so of course you know, we heard about where you are right now, the clients you're helping. If if we were to time travel back to that point and would have shown you that oh yeah this is going to be you in in you know about eight months would you have believed that no no
1: (laughs) i really would have taken that leap um to to starting my own consulting business i think that um it's because it was it's the community that we have in this pro plus organization you know group that allow you know to hear other people's stories about how you can start small again it's it's almost like it mirrors you know it mirrors the power BI, the development exactly oh you're just that's starting so right. small yep. taking one step at yeah. a time and finding one cl- you know and and a lot of it is just it's been word of mouth so far you know talking to somebody and and explaining the pro- of what you're trying to you know how you're trying yeah. to help the the food organizations oh well i i know somebody you know who who's interested yeah. and who's who's needing to do that and taking it step by step so it, it's been a, an amazing journey
0: yeah, yeah. And of course, I can see the enthusiasm in you. And I I, I want that's how I want to live my life, right? So uh, you've heard me talk about my own struggles. And my, my followers have is that oh, am I am I good? Am I good enough? I'm an expert? I don't think I'm ever uh, call myself an expert. But hey, let's, I mean, I love being a Power BI enthusiast and tech mm-hmm. enthusiast and enthusiastic about using technology using Power BI to help business. Um, so that's great. too. So, so uh tell me about that point that starting point um what was your what would you say would it be in the hesitation the yeah but in your mind for this path
1: you know it's again being that non non deep technical i don't have a technical education i don't have you know i don't have those degrees mm-hmm. and those certifications i think that initial um i'm not good enough i'm not ready i'm not You know, just the hesitation of of how can I, you know, how can I help? But in listening to a lot of the conversations that we've had, you know, you talk a lot about turning around and helping that person that is just a step or two behind you so you can start and, you know, start Mm -hmm. to bring people upwards and start to bring in organizations. And then as you continue to grow and grow your own skills, then you get more and more complex projects, you know, uh, going. So yeah. I, I think, you know, I think that it's, it's scary. And, and my other hesitations were just truly owning my own business. A mm-hmm. lot of that. Um, so things- in that
0: mind, what, what, it, so of course we, we make these assumptions. We have these beliefs, right? So, so owning my business equals what, 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 what was the uh, thoughts in your head?
1: Well, one, I think, I think you flipped it all around for me in the beginning, owning your own business seemed so onerous. It seemed like there's just so much work, you know, that goes into it and that, you know, you are trapped working in your business, like constantly working, but your vision of having that life of freedom and the ability to work when and where and how you want to, um, Mm And, and then having the multiple clients gives you the opportunity to, you know, to to work when you need to, when you want to, um, and earn earn enough to make it make it worth worth your time. And yeah, so that it's it's yeah, that's 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 really been
0: yeah been yeah that's true. And and again, I mean, I I think I fell victim to that at times. I've certainly seen a lot of other people. Uh, which is you kind of become an employee in your own business and it kind of sucks. Yeah. You're working long hours. And and I think that all stems from the challenge that a lot of us don't even know what we want. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. And, uh, and who am I to point fingers to others? I was the same way. I was chasing things just because I saw everybody else was running around on the same track as, Oh, get the promotion, get the money get the bonus, get this, get that. And if you keep doing that in your own business, guess what? Right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not really going to change. So, um, so I'm curious to hear from you, like, what is, what is your true goal? What is this path about, uh, money I think is a side effect, right? So, mm-hmm. and of course, Power BI consulting can be very, very lucrative and that's great. But mm-hmm. of course we're after something bigger, something more meaningful. Right. would love to hear from you. What is that for you?
1: Well, for me, B- since the, my grandmother recently passed away. And so I watched my parents take care of her for the past 10 years of, of you know, true just day-to-day support and, and, um, and being there as the primary caregivers. And I really decided that, and this is right about the time that I was starting a program. So I decided I wanna make sure that I am there spending time with my parents while they are able to enjoy the time that we're all spending together. And so that's really been driving me, you know, and I have two, two children, you know, that are teenagers. Um, so they're going to be heading out on their path. So I want to spend this, this kind of, I'm in that sandwich mode right now where I've got the the kids and I've got the parents, but I want to make sure that I'm spending and enjoying all the time that I have with with them.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Uh, Because I remember my time and it it is such an irony, right? Because if somebody would have said, Oh, why are you working so hard? Why are you spending long hours? Why are you, right? I mean, you're not there for you. And I would say, oh, I'm doing it for my family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but right now, it's so ironical because I wasn't there for my family. Right. I wasn't there for my kids soccer games. So now, um, uh, uh, you know, somebody was commenting, I was at one of my son's soccer game and and they were saying, wow, this is amazing. You show up for each and every one of his game. And man, I choked up a little because I felt like, yeah, I do. And I feel lucky I have that mm-hmm. privilege. But one reason why I do that is because of I feel guilty of everything else that I've missed as he was growing up. Uh, that's great. Love love hearing that. Um, uh, tell me a bit about. So I think I've, uh, you may have been. So uh, when I was in Microsoft, so of course, um, I think, you know, what you were talking about that really resonated with me it was like, man, you, you find something awesome. And you're like, oh, man, I can't help. But I want to share it with others. I want the world to know they're struggling, they don't have to. But it was not an easy decision for me to leave Microsoft. You know, well paid employee at one of the best companies in the world. And I really struggled with that. There was almost guilt about wanting something more, something different. And it was the challenge. I call it the challenge of, uh, you know, like good versus great, right? I mean, I had a good life. And of course, if everybody else looking outside in, they would have said, Javi, dude, come on, man. You got got it all. Mm -hmm. But I will say that something felt missing. Something felt off. I don't know if it was a hamster or what, right? So I felt that, but I couldn't allow myself to to really admit that to myself, right? That yeah, I want something more. How how was it for you? Because again, right, I mean, sometimes sometimes. So of course, um, recessions are a great uh, great time for actually new companies, entrepreneurship, because you know people sometimes get laid off and they're like, well, this is it. I'm going for it. But sometimes it's more of a challenge when you have a good job and it's going well. Tell me a bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's exactly precise of the situation that I've been in, you know, I had a fantastic job that I loved. I loved what I was doing. But again, it was just that ability to share, to share the information. It just didn't seem fair almost to, you know, to, to keep the, the the secret of Power BI uh, to myself. So, and it's, again, it's it's a societal thing as well. It's that security blanket of having full-time employment. I mm-hmm. think that, um, and in the times where, where the, the economy is uncertain and, you know, feeling that. But but even more, I think that is the time that companies can take advantage of the type of, you know, something like a Power BI, again, just making those very small insights that go, oh, wow, you can save so much money by doing X, Y, and Z that you actually can continue to to keep those impl- hire more employees maybe, you know, that will allow you... So I think of it's course. just again it's just wanting to share that information. Yeah.
0: You know? what, what was the what was the shift inside you which kind of allowed you to take the first step or the first few steps on this journey because they they, they can be the hardest.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly it was getting it was the confidence to ask to talk to somebody about what I was doing. And okay. and and ha- after having spoken to somebody who was familiar with the work that I had been doing, and having her eyes light up and say, wow, you know what? I'm working with another client and that would be so helpful. Yeah. Um, I think understanding the value because sometimes yeah. when you're working and when you're learning something, you don't, I guess you, you you're too, you're almost too close. You don't mm-hmm. see if, until you step back a little bit. Yep. Wow. The impact that you just had on, yeah. on this particular project. Um, yeah. but having somebody else pointed out to you sometimes is like, Indeed. you know, and, and having somebody else speak on your behalf in a way, you know, they if they, if they can't stop talking about the, the secret that you got, you know, uh, and wanting to share it, then it, I think that was kind of that, that first yeah. step where I just really said, okay, this is, you know, this is something I want to go for.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. I think we were often kind of dismissive of what we have or where we are. Uh, again, it's easy to kind of look up, right? I mean, look up, to who we perceive to be further up the journey or at the top of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not there yet, but yeah, there are people you can impact. And I love those moments where the eye, the eyes light up moment. Right. And for me, it's it's so uh, like, it always reminds me, I hope I always stay connected to that joy. that's the reason I left Microsoft because I wanted to change that. I want, and, and of course, it, so yeah, I love that because sometimes it's really simple that we do, right? I mean, you would just, Put all their data for multiple years in one graph. That's all. Right? Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you would, you know, click on a graph and how it cross filters. And I'm sometimes I get jaded about that stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, that's given. But then you see somebody light up, and yeah, it can be life changing, business changing for them. Uh, that's great. So uh, Kimberly, thanks so much for sharing everything about your journey. I wanted to ask you more about the Barbie Consultant Program. You've been uh, such an an incredible member inside the program. You've been an inspiration for me and for others. Um, Would you say, what would you say when you were deciding to join this program? Uh, I know you talked about kind of the technical uh, skills. Was there any other hesitation before you took the step to join that program?
1: Well, there was a financial investment. I think it's always, you know, as you are thinking about, where to uh, assign your own budget, right? Just think of yourself as a company, basically, and what is the ROI going to be? And you know, honestly, for this program, what you put into it is what you get out of it. And I think that um, making investment in myself was so important to me at that time. I was just, I was ready. I want, you know, I, and I and I thought there's the having a group of people who work alongside you, who have similar goals, but are not competitive. And everybody is cheering for your success. And I think that just having that, that community around you is incredible and having, and, and I had never even considered having an accountability partner. So, you know, somebody to check in with who's not, you know, you're, you're not teaching, learning, you are just checking in to kind of say, hey, how are things going? Hmm. That has been so important to me to, to kind of keep me on track because every time I would think, I don't know if I can do this or I'll do this a little bit later, but knowing that I'm going to be meeting with my accountability partner, you know, every single week, you know, on the dot, you know, never fails. um, In that week, I want to make sure that I get done what I, what I said, you know, sometimes when you say something out to the universe, (laughs) then it becomes real. And you need to follow, you know, follow up. And so oh, I that's so beautiful. I hold myself accountable, you know, knowing that I'm going to have to kind of report back and, and just share what I've done in a very friendly way. But um, making that investment, you know, that's, it's, it's just, I could not have done this alone. I could not have gotten to this, the point where I am and had the confidence to do it, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But I think there's some power to what you're saying about speaking it out loud, mm-hmm. Because I think you talked about the shift where you talk to somebody and, and, and at that point, you know, when you said that their eyes lit up, maybe you were not expecting that reaction. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were just sharing it kind of as a matter of fact. It was like, yeah, I did this, did that and stuff like that. Right. I, I, is that true? I mean, were you expecting we, the reaction or were you just. No, I mean,
1: cause, because, because yeah. honestly, I mean, even before I found Power BI, data is boring. <laughs> you know, data is just. <laughs> To me,
0: it was just. Man, a I, I take offense to that, Kimberly. You
1: know? <laughs> it's a sea of swimming numbers, you know. And it was just, yeah. at, at least for me. Again, I, I am not. I was not that analytical. Um, I, I, that that yeah. didn't resonate with me. That kind of mm. looking at a spreadsheet. I know but that some I think- people do.
0: Yeah, but I think there's, and each one, we have to find our own driver. Mm-hmm. I think for you, you were talking about how you got into the food industry and you were kind of an, probably like an outsider for a while, right? Oh, you yeah. may have felt like an outsider, but I know that brings in a new perspective as well. Mm-hmm. And I know you were talking about looking at things and every time you'd be like, hmm, how can this be done better? How can this be improved? Right. So I think we all, all, all have our um, drivers. I, it feels that might be yours. Mm-hmm. And again, Power BI is just an enabler. Right. So if you're passionate about improving business process, helping business grow, now you got an awesome tool in, in your backpack and your in your tool belt. Uh, but but so it's
1: that's... it's like any other tool though,
0: if you don't use mm. it properly, right? You can build yeah. the bit,
1: most beautiful dashboard for somebody, <laughs> but yeah. unless they are are actually using
0: it. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I've <laughs> seen why? my share of uh lipstick on a big kind of right. dashboard. You, you lift the hood and it's like oh uh, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, guys, yeah, you do need. Uh, trust me, you, you need somebody who has that experience. And uh, my pick would be somebody, somebody like Kimberly, who can straddle the business and tech world. Because I think techies get too techie for their own sake. It's just right. So, yeah, you need that. Uh, that's that's awesome. So, tell me a bit more about what's been the most helpful for you in the program. You mentioned the community. You mentioned the accountability partner is there something else uh, that helped or yeah, tell me a bit about that.
1: Well, it's, it's also the, the ability to sort of one checking in with the entire group, checking in on, and the fact that it's broken down, we've got some tech discussions, we've got a lot of business discussions and your mindset discussions. Honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't, um. Into the touchy feely side of my growing my own business and, and really understanding, but really having those mindset chats that we have that really just kind of align and, and make you stop, pause, think about where you're trying to go instead of just kind of barreling along um, and, and you know trying different things, but really centering yourself. Um, yeah, that's made a big impact on me. Um, and and I, just to, to kind of visualize, I guess I never really had that true goal in my mind you know i mm. always kind of knew well i need to earn money to be able to do x y and z but i never really understood what that yeah. x y and z what i really wanted it to look like
0: and yeah how to that's yeah and that's the tragedy right at least that's the one that i was trapped into which is if you put money first it becomes this never ending game, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's always around the corner and that's how I was. And I was like, yep, this happens, you know, let me get this promotion, Oh, this is one. Year. I'm new in my job, but there was always something like that. It was always around the corner and I was always deferring. And again, right, the important falls victim of the urgent, right, because that mm-hmm. felt urgent and everything else is important. My health is important, my family is important, but it was kind of falling by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And uh, And yes, just putting that first, putting that first makes so much of a difference. All right, great. So last thing I would love to ask you is that uh, we know that this program isn't the right fit for everybody. Who do you think is the right person in this program? Who would you recommend this to and uh, why? Well,
1: I mean, from my experience, somebody who is interested in the technology so and, and learning. So even if you're a beginner with Power BI, there is the platform to learn the technology, but then there's also this pro plus program that allows you to take that a step further and really apply it towards, you know, real life situation, business, you know, business opportunities and learning how to market your own business uh, and to create, formulate that message and to really formulate who you want to help the most. I think mm-hmm. that's the interesting thing. Power BI can help anybody, but who <laughs> do you really want to focus on and spend your time helping? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think guiding you, you know, guiding us through that particular type of, um, uh, an exercise. Uh, so somebody who wants to just gain that focus and, uh, and really launch their, launch their new career, you know, as somebody who's changing careers, somebody, who, you know, again, food, going from food all the way to, you know, to a, a consulting business in the tech world. I mean, it, it really, um, it just allows you to kind of, to, to dive in and to, to get to know other people who are trying to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's incredible, Kimberly. Hey, thank you so much for everything you shared today. Anything else you feel like you you we need to discuss or you, you want to add before we close?
1: Well, I guess one other thing that, you know, I didn't actually talk about a little bit earlier, but one of the the things that really kicked off my remote work was a, a personal health crisis. And, um, and almost um, being sick enough to the point where I almost didn't know if I was going to make it. Wow. And, and this is just within the past four years. And so being able to rebound from that and to have a career path, again, that I can rely on for myself and not uh-huh. um, need to be physically, you know, in a role where I, I need to be on site all the time. I went from being a, I was a, a professional event director. So running weddings, running big events, mm-hmm. you know, festivals and, and you know, restaurant events. Very, very physical. But having the ability to really rely on my kind of brain power, you know, and to to shift that career to something that could accommodate my lifestyle has also really made a huge impact on my life. So, you know, along with all this, this professional growth that I've been going through, I've been also trying to heal, you know, from that, that health crisis. So I think, again, it's just, it's been so helpful to have the support of a group of people who are really interested in your success. You need to have your own set of personal cheerleaders, I guess, standing on the sidelines for you.
0: Yeah, just curious, seeing you go through this journey and you've had so many challenges and man, I'm super impressed because you you speak about those in almost a lighthearted manner. You seem to be so accepting of what life threw at you instead of, you know, kind of complaining about it. So that's, that's incredible. But so yeah, you faced a lot of challenges, and you've come a long way. And I can see where you're headed, right? There's this brilliant idea of being this fractional support uh, for these emerging food brands and other companies. That's great. But what has that meant? What do you feel that has meant for your family, especially your kids, to see you go through that?
1: Well, I hope that it's inspiring them to understand that they can do what they want they can find something that they enjoy to do. My children are also having health in health crisis so um, it's it's hard for them to um, to not be aligned with their peers I guess in terms of being mm-hmm. able to, to work on their education but to be able to see that oh gosh mom was able to learn you know a new skill. So, you know, as they would say oh my gosh so late in life mom you know um <laughs> that that you can you can learn something new and never yeah. stop learning i think that that is kind of that's that's a message that i really would want them to take away from this complete career change that i've had over the past year you know or a couple years that and going back to you know almost like going back to school i i i look at it as you know I'm, I'm educating myself and i'm taking that time to do the personal development personal development is really important. And that's, you know, scheduling that time to, yeah. to, for learning and, and growing, even if it's not tech learning, you know, but it's even just learning about, you know, the market or, you know, discovering different industries, you know, it, it's been a lot of time just kind of poking around again, to see who else can, could be helped.
0: <laughs> that's that's, that's great. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's an incredible inspiration. Um, um, yeah, I mean, one of my friends had this quote, and it said that if you were a stock, would you invest in yourself? And, and well, I've had highs and high and low points. And yeah, a lot of times I was uh, filled with doubt. But um, I'm really glad you are kind of investing in that. And, um, you know, um, so when we ask kids this question, like, who do you want to be when you grow up? And them, we know that all possibilities are open, right? I mean, of course, a lot of them are like astronaut and fireman. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it, in that moment of time, anything is possible. And it's so unfortunate that we lose that as we grow up, right? Almost it feels like, nope, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm here here, this is what I'm going to do till, till I die. And Kimberly, you're such an inspiration because it doesn't have to be that way. So yeah, so I hope you never lose that spirit. <laughs> Thank you, you always keep that kid in your heart who's saying, Yeah, who do I want to be when I grow up? Right. <laughs> right. And I'm sure uh, not only your kids will be inspired by that, but others as well. Kimberly, thank you so much. I feel this is not, uh, we're going to be hearing from you again at some point of time, and we'll hear more of your adventures, which I'm sure to come soon. Thanks, Avi. thanks, Kimberly. All right, take care, guys. Power Bye. On. Bye.